Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Brian, you're in your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gear. You're getting ready to scrap. So you are. I am, yeah. Trained this morning in the gymnasium. Did some lifting and cardio. And then once I got cleaned up after that, I was like, just to save myself, I like to change into my Jiu-Jitsu gear later. So I put it on then and there. It was a nice day, so I'm trying to stay cool. Um, which is going to be hard when it's a gi class tonight, so I'll be warm, to say the least. Mm. I, I feel like all classes in this weather should be no gi, much much better. Yeah, you're not you're not adopting the John Danaher um, style of rash guard and tracksuit bottoms <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> no, because they're not that comfortable. Like really, you know. I don't know. I don't really like the material. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't willingly wear them to like weddings and stuff like, like John Danaher would. Um, yeah. For anyone that doesn't know, by the way, John Danaher is like a jujitsu. Uh, he's one of the biggest educators in jujitsu, but he's just a very peculiar character that wears jujitsu rash guards basically everywhere. Like it's, yeah. Yeah, and like if you can't see, if you don't know what a rash guard is, it's just like, just like a compression top or like, you know, like a skin, like a base layer or kind of skin tight or like you wear surfing, which is where it originates from. Um, but yeah, Dean, what are we doing on the podcast today? So we're doing a nice, a nice snappy one. I, I was going to say short and snappy, but every time I say a video, every time I start a video and say it's short and snappy, it ends up being not short and snappy at all. So I'm just going to say that this is going to be a snappy. What's the opposite of short and snappy? Long and... Long and... Um, I don't know. Long and... Long and broad? Broad and long? Long and deep? I don't no, know. snap and like broad is not uh, the antonym for snappy. Snappy. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the opposite of snappy is. Like, you know, blunty? <laughs> I don't know. Long and blunty? I don't know. Anyway, um, we're, we're talking absolutely nonsense. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we're wasting people's <laughs> time here. Um, yes, yeah, so carry we're, on. We're gonna, tell us what we're actually doing. We're going to talk about 10 habits that you can engage in um, for your health, your body composition, and your performance. Um, so a lot of these are going to be nutritional, obviously, because we're, we're nutritionists. But we do we, we, we will we'll, we will, of course, talk about um, some other stuff around general health habits um we can talk, we're going to talk a little bit about exercise organizational kind of stuff um but i think you are going to begin because we're going to go off a structure of brian will run through a habit and then i will run through a habit until we get all 10 done so take it away mr ohangas up yeah nice one Dino. You know. uh okay so habit number one is going to be to eat a decent serving or two of protein rich food at every main meal that you have all right so i'm sure that is not going to be surprising to people but let's run through why that is once again so if you're interested in performing well you are probably engaged in some sort of exercise if you want to be able to recover from said exercise and achieve the adaptations that you're looking for protein plays a big role there right uh protein plays a huge role in maintaining lean body mass, i.e. muscle mass and strength, 
right? So if you want to be muscular, you want to be strong and be lean, you have good body composition, it's really important. Um, and also it is very good at helping you regulate things like your appetite, uh, your blood sugar, uh, which means that, you know, you'll find it easier to adhere to your nutrition plan because you won't be getting as hungry and you'll be recovering well and you'll be performing well. And, you know, you could also mention that the, you know, the amino acids that the protein provides are really important from an overall health perspective. Okay. So a lot of what's inside your body uh, is made up of amino acids at like a, a basic level. So um, yeah, it's super important. So what are we trying to do there? Say a protein rich food, i.e., you know, you got your fish, poultry, uh, your lean meats, um, things like eggs, egg whites, uh, certain dairy products. So like, you know, high protein yogurts, uh, whey protein, milk, uh, you know, cheese. And, you know, for the most part, you probably want to have most of these be lower in fat and leaner. Um, aside from maybe some oily fish, but that's uh, essentially what, you're what we're looking at. If you're looking at plant-based sources of protein to add at each of your meals and the options would be things like the corn, uh, which is a mushroom fungus, basically. Uh, you got things like uh, soy protein, um, tofu, tempeh, uh, edamame, all the, all the ways the soy protein comes. Um, and then you got things like pulses and legumes. So, you know, peas, chickpeas, lentils, um, and they're about going to cover it. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah, I think um, most people would probably do better getting a little bit more protein in their diet. Like I think whenever I get clients to track their calories for the first time or track their nutrition overall, mm. um, that's a very common one in terms of, right, you're just a, you're a tad low on your protein here, you know? Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll boost this up by like, you know, even if it is a case of like, say for like, as an example, this morning I had Weedabix uh, as breakfast, right? So that, that's a very common breakfast that people would have would be like Weetabix or some sort of uh, cereal or something like that, or porridge oats. Right. And that's great. Like the fine carbohydrates, uh, fiber, etc. but it's a little bit low on protein. So how I boosted that up was I added some, instead of normal milk, I had the almond more protein milk. And then I also had some like fruit and 0% fat Greek yogurt um, to that meal. So that's kind of like, although they're, they're both dairy proteins, it's kind of like two different in two different forms. So I find that that's helpful for people as well um, is to just, you know, again, shoot for that one to two servings of protein um, per meal is, is definitely yeah. a good habit. Maybe Overall, we should define, uh, maybe we should define what a, a portion might be in this case as well uh, yeah. to make this more useful. So, um, you know, let, let's say if you're not tracking, like if you, if you are tracking, you know, you're trying to get 1.6 to 2, 2.5 grams of protein per kilo of your body weight um if you're not tracking uh you know like a palm sized portion as you're looking at the screen here uh or two of say meat fish poultry any of those protein rich foods that i mentioned uh you know a couple of those palm sized portions is definitely going to be enough for most people um maybe even one depending on the source um you know 200 300 grams of high protein yogurt would constitute that you know, one to two scoops of protein powder and probably like, you know, three or more eggs, maybe two eggs if you're having some other sources with it. Uh, I don't want to go and get too technical, but that just, you know, gives gives people some ideas, uh, you know, in terms of how much we're looking at. Because, you know, someone could listen to this and say, 
cool. I'm going to do what Dean said. I'm going to have some fruit and yogurt, but you know, they could use low protein yogurt. Okay. So a high protein yogurt, about eight grams per hundred grams or more thereabouts. Um, and they might only put, you know, <laughs> a tablespoon on, right. And you know, that yeah. it's better than not having it, but uh, I would pay some attention to the actual portion sizes to make sure you're getting enough because that is the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. Check the labels on, on different things as well. Like, you know, cause there's quite a variation in protein content in different yogurts. Um, you know, generally the, the 0% fat Greek yogurt, um, typically it's, it's going to be a higher protein po- content per weight, um, than it's full fat counterpart. Um, equally the, uh, the skier yogurt that you get the Icelandic style yogurt, um, quark, which is technically a soft cheese, but I think we all just categorize it in the same way we do yogurt. Um, you know, again, very, very, very high protein, very low in calories. Whereas if you get something like say Activia, it's higher in sugar, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a full fat yogurt. I believe um, Activia is a full fat yogurt um, and it has like that sugar flavoring to it. So it's quite, it's quite a bit more calorie dense, but it doesn't have as much, you know, protein to calorie ratio. It's, it's not as favorable as say, for example, your skier, your Kvarg, your 0%. Zero percent fat Greek yogurt, your Glenis high protein yogurt, that type of stuff. And um, so just check the labels if you're if you're unsure sometimes as well. But generally speaking, if you use that list of um, list of proteins that Brian mentioned there um, as your options, you'll be pretty solid. Especially if your if your goal is um, maintenance of of body composition, muscle mass, um, appetite regulation, general health, all that kind of stuff. So next one, um, next habit is going to link directly into. Um, the last point, and that is to eat fruit and veg at every meal, fruit or veg or fruit and veg, if, if you really want to be five stars. Um, and yeah, so I think like, obviously protein is a really big component of the meals that, that we usually say like to people, that should be the first part of your, your meal is, is the protein. And then typically the second thing that follows on from that is a source of plants. So your fruit and your veg, your fruit and your veg um, is very high in micronutrients and fiber, um, vitamins, minerals, and phytonutrients. So these are just basically, um, let's say, we all know that your, your vitamins and your minerals are, are important and, and fruit and veg is a good source of that. Uh, again, fiber as well, a big component of this. The phytonutrients or these polyphenolic compounds are very health promoting. These are these are in a different category of compounds than, than the micronutrients, um, but they exert a variety of very interesting effects on the body, many of which are, are being discovered all the time in terms of um, the, this huge variety of different phytonutrients. But I think when you combine this with the fact that most fruit and veg is also relatively low in calories, you have a, a source of food that is, you know, again, in combination with protein should be making up the bulk of your diet if you want to stay healthy, lean, um, and generally feeling good all the time. And that's why, you know, the, the general public health recommendation is, is five a day. Uh, I would say, Brian, we, we could both say that that's probably too low. Um, I think it's, it's definitely a nice target for people to shoot for, especially if you're not, if you're not getting that, if you're not getting the five a day, but realistically, if you want to get all of the benefits, um, 
of fruit and veg, you'd want to kind of be hitting seven or more servings, uh, with a serving being around like 80 grams or, you know, like a small bowl of, of fruit or a small bowl of soup. Um, a fist of vegetables is sometimes set as a serving. Um, so these are all kind of uh, generally what, what you would categorize as a serving. But, you know, if you can do that and you can bring some variety of fruit and veg in terms of different colors and stuff like that. And again, as we say for this, for this habit, if you can bring us at least one source, um, at least one serving at every meal, um, you're going to be getting these benefits. As I say, you're going to be getting the range of micronutrients. You're going to be getting the fiber, which is very, very important for your digestive health. And again, fiber is kind of as in a similar way to protein, very good for appetite regulation and keeping you full. Um, and you know as i say it's also low low in calories and you know generally just a really really good way to bulk out your diet overall so if you're if you're trying to lose fat your fruit and your veg is is really going to bulk out your meals um without a lot of extra calories and um, it's they are the perfect example of of foods that have a low calorie density whereas the exact opposite of that is something like your your milk chocolate or your your crisps or something like that so these are kind of the the exact opposite in terms of being low in calories um but high in in volume so yeah that's kind of the um some of the main reasons why i would be recommending fruit and veg in every meal um have you got anything to add on that brain oh all good all right so we'll move on to the next you one. Want to continue? Yeah. Okay. So habit number three is to plan or have some structure to your nutrition and your meals, right? Um, so you know, we've just discussed a couple of things there. You know, including protein in your diet or in every meal, including fruit and/or veg in every meal. You know, so how do you actually facilitate that? So I would say until you develop like reasonable skills as it relates to your nutrition um, more planning is probably going to be useful for you. So this is very simple, like is in terms of, okay, well, like what, what do I need to buy this week? Like, what should I put on my grocery list? What foods tick those boxes that we're after talking about? So, you know, let's make a list of the high protein foods that I think will fit in nicely to my, uh, day of eating right um let's decide on some fruit and veg and i say having like this this a lot of this will depend on like where your kind of cooking skills at and are at and how comfortable you are with food preparation right because you know some people might be able to just go and buy stuff and then come back and be kind of creative enough to put or you know experienced enough to put something together based on what they buy um but a lot of people would be best served by actually having some ideas of like a menu it's like all right well today uh i'm gonna you know make a, a bolognese or something right so i'm gonna buy ingredients for that i'm gonna prep that and um, you know but you put up a reel there during the week dean of like very simple or maybe it was last week very simple way to just approach this like you know literally just go buy some of those protein sources and vegetable sources and then just you know put them all in the oven with some you know seasoning of some sort like herb spices salt and pepper, whatever. Um, and that'll cover you, right? It doesn't have to be like a, a, a recipe as such, right? You're just trying to tick those boxes. And if you can do that, you'll be a lot better off. Um, but, you know, having having some sort of a plan, some sort of structure will 
you know, prevent you just going to the shop and buying random stuff. And then you come home and you're like, what the hell do I do with this? And then it goes off and you have to throw it out and you don't really get the benefits of it. Um, and then this also applies to, you know, your general kind of meal structure across the day. So I would say you want to have a reasonable, regular structure to your meals across the day. Um, you know, you have, a, you have a decent idea of, you know, okay, at this time I'm going to eat this. A few hours later, I'm going to eat this. And then, you know, for dinner, I'm going to eat this. Whatever it may look like, but just having some sort of a plan. Um, it can be quite a loose plan, but, you know, it's, it's helpful nonetheless. And this also applies then to, say, the weekends, right? Because that's where a lot of people lose a lot of their structure and planning. Um, you know, they could be eating out more or, you know, their eating just isn't as routine. So, you know, we'd be all for advocating that kind of extra flexibility at the weekends, right? But we also understand that people don't want to just not make progress, whatever that means to them, because of their weekend behaviors. So again, you can apply some structure to this. So again, you can say, all right, well, how am I going to, you know, eat enough protein over the weekend? Um, you know, if I'm eating out, is there some way I can order? So I'll hit those targets. Or can I take care of, take care of it in the other meals that I eat? Uh, you know, how am I going to get fruit and veg in? Um, and just having a little bit of structure to it uh, tends to work better than it just being a, a free-for-all, um, which is where it tends to let people down. Yep. Yeah, like I think um, planning overall, again, you know, Monday to Friday, if you want to sort of think of right, Monday to Friday, then Saturday and Sunday, because obviously routine, et cetera, is changing. And this is where I think, you know, one of the things that a uh, resource that I like to send some of my clients is a meal prep guide. And at the very back of that book, I actually, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure that, that I have a YouTube video somewhere that has a, a direct download link for that. So by the way, if you, if, if you want me to send you that guide, I'll send it to you because it's out in the ether for free there somewhere. So I can, I can send it to people that want it. Um, but basically at the very back of that, there is a shopping list that has, um, that breaks down your ingredients into like, you know, you have your proteins, you have your fruits, your vegetables, your carb sources, your condiments, your miscellaneous items. So, and then the next page then is like a, a meal, meal planner, but it's like the pages are, the little boxes are blank. So that leaves you to sort of fill in the meals if you want. Um, and that can be very useful for somebody that's getting into the rhythm of things um, and building this as a habit. If, you know, as say they're trying to improve their, their food quality and, and their nutritional habits overall, um, this is very, very useful because it's sort of like, right, okay, I'll get into this routine of picking this specific time. I'll do my shopping list. I have my recipe here. Or if it's not even a recipe, if it's just literally like some seasoned chicken and a little bit of pasta or something like that. Um, and then it's just like, right, okay, I'm generally, I expect myself to have similar breakfast Monday to Friday. So I'll write that out. Then at lunch, I'll have chicken curry and rice for, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then uh, for dinner, then I'll have my um, beef stew or something like that, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, and then Thursday, Friday's lunch can be more beef stew or something like that if, if you want to prep up a big batch of it. And then, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you, you sort of, yeah, you, you go from there and you sort of structure it um, in a way that's relatively predictable. Obviously, there can be some variation. You know, maybe somebody asks you to go out for lunch on a Wednesday. So it's like, right, I'll not have my chicken curry. Uh, even though it's prepared, I'll, I'll bang it into the freezer and I'll have that maybe next week or, or the next meal. But it's, it's getting you into the rhythm of having these foods, at least in the fridge, if not in some capacity, um, 
ready to eat um, or cooked in some capacity as well. And I think that that little bit of planning um, is very, very important because we always talk about like, oh yeah, we, as we said, protein is really important. Fruit and veg is really, really important. Calories and macros is really, really important. Right. But how does that actually apply to, I have got the actual fork into my, <laughs> I've got the fork onto my plate and I'm, and I'm eating the food, you know, because at the end of the day, that's the thing that's going to create the changes in health, body composition, performance, which is the, the topic of the day. So yeah, um, number four on the list is sleep. So the importance of sleep, we, we do um, speak about it quite often. Um, and I think sleep is one of those habits that um, has profound effects on most other areas of your life, but especially as it relates to to your health and fitness goals and, and habits and behaviors, because if you have, if you're sleeping really well and sleep is not much of an issue for you, then it becomes easier for you to get up in the morning and do the things that you need to do uh, to make the right choices with your nutrition, to organize your day, to focus, to go to the gym and, and or, or do your exercise and do the things you need to do. It creates an environment that makes fat loss easier and muscle gain easier. And that's both from a biochemical level, but also from a, from a perspective of making the right choices for the, to make those goals happen. Um, and generally, you know, when it, when it comes to brain health overall and mental health and everything like that, it's, it's going to have pretty large effects equally. If sleep is not where it needs to be, you're going to be at a deficit of a lot of those things. You know, it's going to make your life a lot harder. Um, it's going to make fat loss and muscle gain a lot harder. In fact, it will actively um, it will actively uh, st- prevent you, not necessarily fully prevent you, but it will definitely um, make the process of those of achieving those goals more difficult. Um, so this is one of those habits that you know we, when we're working with clients, we track. We get them to track their their sleep hours, their sleep quality. I will also get my clients to uh, use a sleep journal if I feel like. Um, their sleep is not where it needs to be. Um, so this is just basically writing down, right, what time you, you go into bed um, and then what time do you feel like you're actually falling asleep at um, when you wake up then? What time did you wake up at? How rested did you feel? Do, do you feel upon waking? Um, rating your sleep quality on a scale of one to 10. Um, and these will generally, you know, give us an idea of, of kind of, where sleep is at. But obviously, as I say, there's there's many different things that, that can affect sleep. Um, I don't think, do we do we have a specific podcast on that we talked about sleep? I can't remember where we like, go into depth on it. Uh, no, it's it's on the list. We haven't actually done it yet. Um, yeah. We've covered some of it in, the, in some of the case studies, but then we've said we'll just do a big podcast on sleep at some point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I'll not, I'll not get into like, all, all the different things that you can actually do here. Um, I feel like the 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 big effect, the big the, the thing that's going to have the biggest effect is setting a consistent sleep and wake time and being pretty disciplined with that, um, no matter the circumstance. Because you know it, it can be very tempting to like lie in on the weekends and stuff like that. But generally speaking, if you, if you can set a very consistent, you know, I'm going to go to bed at this time. And, you know, even if you do go out and you're up to three o'clock in the morning or something like that, try your best to kind of get up at, you know, your usual seven, eight o'clock or whatever it is that you're getting up at because your body likes the routine. Um, but yeah, like overall, um, 
sleep is so, so important for all of the reasons that, that I mentioned there. Um, and it is kind of, it's one of those things like, cause somebody, um, had a question for me as it related to, um, caffeine. Um, and he, cause he was, he was basically, it was in the DMS and he was just talking about like caffeine, um, dosages and stuff like that. And basically we got on the conversation went on and we were talking about like, eventually we were just talking about how he was training it in the evening time. Um, and then I was like explaining to him that like, you know, whatever kind of pre-workout you're using in, in the evening for your training, you know, if that's a, you know, whatever positive effect that that's having on your training, if that's, a, if that's stopping you from getting restful sleep, that's having, that's a net negative because yeah. sleep is probably up there with one of the best performance enhancers. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely in the same category as, as good nutrition and steroids, <laughs> I would say, yeah. um, it's, it's definitely there. Um, and, you know, as I say, it's, it's going to have profound effects on health, um, body composition, your ability to train hard. Um, so, yeah, like I think if you are listening to this and it's like, right, I definitely I'm not getting at least seven hours of quality unbroken sleep. I generally don't feel rested when I wake up. Maybe that's um, a habit that's that's worth um, putting a little bit more focus on. But I think now that we've realized that we haven't done a full podcast on sleep brain, we're going to have to do that next. So, yeah that we can do um but yeah it's it affects everything downstream you know so if you, i feel like you could write a book like fix your sleep fix your life or something like mm-hmm. that catchy headline but um no it's super important and it just affects everything else um so if you can get it dialed in or at least in a better place if it's not in a very good place right now uh you, you stand to see a lot of benefits right across the board. Um, and then, you know, kind of like we'll, we'll, we'll talk about strategies and everything else. Um, but the most basic thing you need to ask yourself first is, am I giving myself enough time in bed to even get, you know, seven, eight hours sleep? Um, and if you're not, then, then assess why that is and then start there. Um, because it's the kind of thing that once, um, once you know someone commits to to this for like a week maybe two weeks and they actually see how different they feel how much better they feel how much better they perform like they're bought in so you know it, it just give it a week or two of of getting it dialed in and then you know i think i think you'll be sold on the uh you know the, the benefits of good sleep yeah for sure for sure it's yeah i, I know myself like when i'm like I have the chronotype of somebody that definitely needs eight hours to feel like fully functional. Like I, I wish I could be somebody that's like operated operates okay on like six, but I just know from all from years of testing, I'm just I need my eight hours or else. Yeah, I'm just you know, like not a good time. Yeah, I, I'm kind of the same. Like I, I guess. I like judging by like my sleep trackers and things I get like about seven hours of actual sleep and that yeah. usually translates to like eight hours in bed. So, you know, it's, yeah. I think, I think I could, I think like eight hours of actual sleep would be kind of the sweet spot, seven and a half, eight hours of actual sleep. Yeah. But, um, you know, the, the, the seven hours of actual sleep I get is, is pretty good. Um, and fits with my routine and everything else. So, mm-hmm. uh, the next one we're going to talk about, 
briefly is, uh, you know, exercise, right? So this shouldn't come as any surprise to anybody that uh, exercise would make a, make a list of the most impactful habits that you can engage in for your health, performance, body composition. Um, but, you know, it wouldn't be a complete list without it. So we have to obviously bring it to the table. Um, so I'm not going to go on about this for too long, but, you know, basically having some sort of regular exercise practice is hugely beneficial um, for your health. Obviously, if you want to perform better, you have to undergo exercise to stimulate the adaptations that are going to make you, you know, faster or fitter or stronger or more muscular or whatever it is you're actually looking for. You know, you have to engage in some sort of training that's specific to those outcomes that you want. Um, and then it's obviously very, very good for just your overall health, you know, your heart health, um, in terms of like a magic pill for longevity and well-being. You know, it's hard to find many things that are going to perform better than getting regular exercise. Uh, you know, in triage, we like mixed kind of modalities. We like people to do some sort of resistance training. We like people to do some sort of cardio because they both have distinct benefits. Um, but, you know, I think the bottom line is like find something that you enjoy and that you will stick to and you like participating in on a regular basis. That's going to be the main thing. Um, and, you know, once you're doing that, then, you, you know, you can ask yourself the question, all right, could I be, you know, optimizing this a little bit better? It's like, if you're only doing aerobic training, it's like, all right, could I add in some resistance training um, help develop like muscular strength? Um, you know, so they're all very complementary. Um, whatever way you want to get your exercise, we're kind of happy with, you know, if you're playing sports or you have a solo sport or you go to the gym and do whatever you do, you do martial arts, you know, whatever it is, any kind of classes, you know, just get, get out, get your body moving um, and do that regularly. And, you know, there's, there's heaps of benefits to it. Sure. And this leads on to the next habit drinking enough fluids, if you're exercising in the heat um, and exercising in general, like, you know, you want to be staying hydrated. Um, so this is a fairly simple habit. Like, I think it's one of those ones that's like, you know, when, whenever you see like uh, any sort of content online that's relating to like, you know, habits, it's like, make sure you have a glass of water in the morning or like, you know, you drink your two or three liters of water or whatever it is. And it's kind of like people kind of gloss over it a little bit. Yeah. Um, which, which I understand because it's, it's maybe not as, um, it's not as fancy or, you know, as say, for example, structuring your meals or, or getting in the variety of, you know, protein and vegetables and stuff like that, because it's like drink more water. Right. Okay. But it, it, I think if you are going around with insufficient amount of fluids and, and you're, you know, at some level dehydrated, then, you know, that's, you're, you're going to be experiencing some of the negative effects definitely to, um, you know, your, your day-to-day well-being. You know, a lot of people say that they, they, you know, you can, you can experience some level of fatigue and headaches and lethargy and stuff like that from, from being dehydrated. Um, but definitely there, there, there's also research out there that supports, um, being dehydrated has an effect on, on performance, you know, again, for, if we're talking about exercise, um, you know, it's if, if you're any more than if you lose any more than two or three percent of your body weight um, from a dehydration perspective, it does seem to affect uh, 
performance, especially endurance exercise. Um, so, you know, for this time of year, we're obviously uh, releasing this podcast in June. It's getting a little bit hotter. Um, and that's why it's important to, to keep drinking your water. I think a general good, like a, a more, an even more specific habit than this is to have your routine in the morning um, of making sure that you have a big glass of water. Um, I'm, I'm sure people, some people have heard the, the term hydrate before you caffeinate is another one. Um, we also like to, to add a little bit of a pinch of salt into the water um, just to, to add a little bit of sodium because sodium's electrolyte and that, that improves um, that'll improve your, your hydration to some degree as well. Um, but obviously not, not totally necessary either, but I think the, ma- the main focus here is, is just making sure that you're getting enough fluids in. If you want a specific number um, of like how many liters of fluid or water should I be drinking in the day? And we, we generally recommend 40 mils per kg of body weight. Um, so for me, like I'm, I'm about 72 kg. So that's about 2.8 liters of fluid in the day, round that up to three liters. Um, and another thing to note here is you don't need to get all of this from water. If you're struggling to build this as a habit, um, you will get hydration, of course, from, from tea, from coffee, from um, Coke Zero, from uh, your food as well. Like Obviously, that's another reason why fruit and veg is important, is um, it provides a little bit of extra water in the diet there as well. So, um, you know, I think there's more than you don't necessarily need to be drinking water, I th- just water. I think carrying around like a bottle uh, of water uh, in the day that sort of has notations about like, right, you've drank 500 mils, you've drank a liter or whatever. That's also very, very useful, but you don't necessarily need um, to get all of your fluid intake from, from water. There is, you know, any, any other beverages there will, will, will generally contribute. Um, and then the final thing that I will say on this as well um, is if, how, how do you know if you are dehydrated and, the best way is is usually to monitor your pee color. So if if your pee is yellow or dark brown, that's generally an indication that you're de- dehydrated. Whereas if it's clear or a, a transparent yellow, um, then that's an indication that you're probably hydrated. Um, but again, just take take a special uh, special focus on that whenever it's a little bit hotter um, or you're exercising in the heat as well. Um, just for those of you that are listening to this, either during a hot month in the summertime, or if you're listening to this in summer mad, like Dubai or I don't know, the Sahara desert or something like that. Do we have any listeners in that part of the world? Do you think <laughs> you, you tell me, you check the analytics and you let me know. There's one, one guy in the Sahara <laughs> stationed out there loving the yeah. podcast. That'd yeah. be class. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I would thoroughly enjoy that. Um, yeah, I was going to add in a, an anecdote, but I don't need to. Um, but yeah, the, all that stuff you said is great, Dean. Something that people often ask us is, um, you know, are, are caffeinated beverages, are they hydrating? Or, you know, they may have heard that caffeine is a diuretic, so it makes you pee more. So, you know, is, is that okay under this hydration banner? And the answer to that is yes, because, you know, if you drink a coffee that's, you know, 250 mil, you're still consuming 250 mil of fluid um, and chances are you are not excreting that or more as a result of the caffeine. Right. Um, so generally, yes, the, the, the caffeination, even, 
even low volume alcoholic beverages are probably going to have a net hydrating effect um, because you still are consuming a lot of fluids. Um, so yeah, that's uh, there's lots of ways to get your fluids in. Please don't base it entirely on alcoholic beverages. Um, <laughs> don't want that. But no, it's the kind of thing, make it a habit. It's, you know, if you carry around a bottle of water with you, you'll be reminded to drink it. Um, you know, if you make it a routine, that's like, all right, in the morning, as Dean said, I drink a big glass of water. And then, you know, the one that you can just anchor it to meals as well, you know. So every time I have a meal, I also have a big glass of water. And then also anchor it to exercise. Like, so, you know, it, before I go and exercise, I have a big glass of water or a bottle of water um you know sip on fluids throughout your exercise and then same thing post-exercise so you know if you, if you tie it to all those different points of the day chances are you're going to uh, greatly improve your your fluid intake yeah sure okay next one um i'm kind of staying on the activity side of things but to to be active outside of your scheduled exercise so you're going to have your formal kind of exercise that you do. So maybe, you know, you, you exercise three times a week in whatever format that is for you. Um, but another thing you can do, you know, especially to help kind of your health and, and body composition is to be active outside of those training sessions as well. So, you know, the, the idea is you're, you're trying to avoid being a active couch potato, basically, you know, because if you're someone who, you know, gets up in the morning and drives to work and sits at work all day. And then on your way home, you go to the gym, do your workout, you know, for an hour, 90 minutes, whatever it is, drive home, sit on the couch for the evening. Like you've still been quite sedentary throughout the day. You've got your exercise in, which is fantastic. Um, but if you're trying to have an easier time managing your body composition, I would encourage people to increase, try and increase their non-activity uh, exercise thermogenesis um our non-exercise activity thermogenesis let's say the NEAT, uh which is the acronym for that so basically just like trying to fit more activity into your day so just asking yourself the question like as i go about my day-to-day -day life how can i you know and we use we often use steps right tracking steps as a proxy for this right which is a good way to do it but you know not everybody's going to be tracking steps a lot of people are um thanks to the you know the smart watches and everything else but you know, so I, you could say that you're trying to accumulate more steps across the day, you know, so if that encourages you, encourages you to go for a walk, you know, in the evening or on your lunch break, you know, especially now with the fine weather, um, that would work. Uh, you know, can you like just basically avoid sitting down all the time? You know, if you have to take a call, can you pace while taking the call? Um, if you're going to the shops, can you park a little bit further away or can you walk to the shops even? Um, all these kind of things, you know, taking the stair, you know, the, the kind of classic one that you'll often see in our like Instagram stories is, you know, I, I distinctly remember doing this, I think in one of the, in the train stations in Vancouver, Dean, when I think I was going home from WeWork one of the days, mm. um, Dean and I used to go to, uh, WeWork, uh, well, Dean, Dean went and then he brought me with him, uh, a few times, uh, snuck him in the back in Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> brought me in the like the the kitchen grease extraction shoot um <laughs> but yeah no the the train station things like the escalator 
the escalator and the stairs are side by side. So look, if you're fit enough to take the stairs, take the stairs, right? That's that's kind of the idea here. Trying to be more active than being less active. And that often that means making things a little bit less convenient for yourself, but it's going to facilitate better health, better body composition. Um, now, you don't want to do this to excess, obviously, because I'm thinking about performance here as well. Like, so, you know, you obviously have to take your own individual context into account. You know, if you're training 10 times a week, you know, you may not necessarily want to go and try and hit like a lot of steps day to day because you just, it's much more energy expended that, you know, you need to recover. So, um, basically, what I said already, just trying to avoid being an active couch potato. Um, and there's lots of ways to work this in. You know, if you're meeting friends, at the weekend or something or during the week you can go for a walk you can organize kind of more active social activities you know go for hikes go for, do things like that um rather than you know having to sit down have a coffee somewhere or sit down have a point somewhere and um, you can try and just work it into your daily life and uh you will see a lot of benefit from it like even even before was i tracking steps at the time i don't think so even before i ever had a step tracker remember when I got my first job in, um, in Dublin airport, it was a summer job. Um, I was just on my feet all day. Right. And I was, uh, I was on my feet all day, you know, I was stocking shelves. I was pushing uh, trolleys around with uh, full of stock, like to the different stores in the airport. Um, and I got really, really lean over that summer period. Right. My, my nutrition didn't really change. I, I really didn't have any kind of awareness of, uh, you know, calories or macros at that point. Um, I wasn't tracking steps. So I was just trying to basically eat healthy and sleep well and um, train, right? Do resistance training. Um, and as a result, you know, I got super, super lean um, without kind of intentionally trying to facilitate that. Um, and it's only when I reflect on it, kind of knowing what I know now, it's like, all right, it's because my, my need actually increased by quite a lot. Um, because of that job I was doing uh, versus, you know, being in school or in college or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Similarly enough, like um, my last, you know, the last few fat loss phases, like I kind of do a fat loss phase around the same time every year. Um, although next year, um, I think Patty has it all lined out for me this time. Um, so I might not be doing it next year. I'm going to be. Paddy has things so so planned out that like he's going to tell you what the kind of last two months of your life are going to look like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that is that's literally the extent that man goes to to yeah. planning. Which I this love. Is what you're going like, to say at your this is what you're going to say at your wedding speech. I have it all mapped out. You don't need to worry <laughs> about it. Uh, yeah, you're only yeah. fucking shredded. Um, yeah. But uh, sorry, yeah, on. what was I saying? Um, yeah. So anyway. I, I, the last few years, obviously, I haven't been, um, you know, it's been 2018 since I've been a personal trainer and doing that job. But I have found that it's quite a lot more challenging for me um, to get much leaner than, you know, 12, 13 um, percent in recent years, because obviously, you know, I'm sitting down a lot more. I'm, I'm, I'm working from a laptop all the mm-hmm. time versus, you know, when I was a personal trainer, I was super active i was you know obviously sort of doing doing a light workout nearly the whole day as a personal yeah. trainer because you're you're sort of you're demonstrating exercises and you're picking up weights and you're walking around and you're you know you're doing the odd little jog or sprint 
you know, to, to move things for class and stuff like that. So way, way easier for me to get um, Fairlane back in those days. Whereas the recent, recent years, it's, you know, I really have to be very intentional and like I have to go out for maybe, you know, multiple walks if I want to get very lean or I have to restrict my calorie intake a lot more. So, um, so yeah, just goes to show you um, the importance of that and, and how much of a, how, how much of a big habit it is for, for any of you that, that are listening to this, um, that you are trying to lose fat, um, you know, especially across weeks and months, your non-exercise activity is going to have a profound effect. Um, so yeah, the number eight on this list is using supplements, um, for convenience and to fill gaps in your diet. Um, I think we, we generally adopt, uh, or recommend a food first approach. Um, I think, the vast majority of what you need and what you should get is, is from your actual nutritional choices, your food choices. Um, but of course there are going to be some instances where supplementation can be very, very useful. Um, and that can be, as I say, for, for convenience, say, for example, if you're somebody that's quite busy, you need to use like a whey protein powder, um, you know, in the morning, that was another one of the reads that I done recently. It's just like a super simple breakfast that you can have where it's like one or two scoops of whey um, in, in, a, in a shaker um, and two pieces of fruit. And that actually ticks the box from the, from the first two habits of the podcast as well. But that's an example of like whey protein, very, very convenient way of um, getting your protein. And again, you can put it into smoothies and porridge and stuff like that. Um, even like meal replacement shakes there can, can be useful. Like I have some clients at the moment. Um, that are running through airports a lot where mm. it's the just fuel shakes. Know, yeah. Where it's, you know, so I like that. This is kind of like, I don't, you know, there's very few cases that I would recommend meal replacement shakes like fuel and stuff like that, but that is definitely mm. one of them where it's like, right. I'm just not really in an environment to make uh, choices that are conducive to my goals. Um, so this is where like, you know, something like a meal replacement shake or, or a protein bar or something like that, um can be can be very very useful uh, from a convenience perspective um and then in terms of like filling in gaps in the diet as well like you know monahan people typically don't like to eat fish because we're not we're not beside the sea we're not galway or cork or, or dublin you know we're not we're not situated beside the sea so we don't typically like fish um apart from brown fish brown fish on a friday uh, that's probably the 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 only <laughs> the only instance where we're and battered cod actually from the what is brown fish, fish for those of um, us that are not aware. <laughs> so it's it's basically just like a smoked um a smoked fish. I'm not actually sure the specific uh, the specific type of fish. I'll look this up now. Um, but yeah, it's it's just basically a yeah. Sorry, it's it's a smoked trout. Um, so it is. Mm. It's, okay. it's it is essentially. The color of rust is the way I would describe it. Um, but yeah, that's typically, at least in my experience where I'm from, mm. there's no, like you can't get like sushi or anything like that in Manning because no one eats fish basically, right? If, if, if somebody, if you, if you approached a Manning man with um, a platter of sushi, he'd, he'd look at you as if you had two heads. Like he'd be like, what yeah. the hell is this? Like, you know? Um, so yeah, my point from that ramble. Dig. <laughs> my point from that ramble is we're not uh, people that are not maybe into their fish are not getting the um healthy omega-3 fish oil um fatty acids right um 
So that's where a fish oil supplement um, can become very, very useful if you're not getting the oily fish and not getting those healthy omega-3 fatty acids um, in your diet. So that's where an omega-3 supplement can, again, fill some gaps. Um, other instances of this would be um, vegan and vegetarians. You know, the, uh, vegans will generally struggle to get vitamin B12 in, so they generally do need to supplement um, unless they're eating like some level of fortified foods or nutritional yeast or something like that. Um, other instances of, of filling in gaps as well could be like, say, for example, if, um, you know, if you have somebody that is dieting, because typically speaking, um, dieting is going to create an environment where you're just not going to get as broad of a range of nu uh, nutrients as, as you would like, even if your diet is well planned. So potentially say, say somebody is, is dieting maybe in the winter months, Maybe they are, you know, around a lot of kids or something like that. They're a primary school teacher. They're around a lot of germs. Um, so this is where like a multivitamin or something like that can, can be very, very useful. Um, or again, you know, in, uh, sticking to that theme of the winter months, um, vitamin D, um, very, very useful to, to fill in that gap of um, not getting the, the sunlight, the, the UVB exposure um, that allows our skin to create the vitamin D. So there are those instances generally where, um, supplementation can be useful to, to fill in gaps. Um, and then from performance expect performance perspective, sorry. Um, you have things like creatine and beta alanine, which are going to be challenging to get in the diet in, in high enough quantities to create the performance enhancing effect. So those are kind of the main reasons that I, that I would use, um, supplements. Obviously there's, you know, there's lots of different special cases, but, you know, identifying right okay am i the type of person that is like say for example if you're following a diet with no meat um no animal products in it maybe you need to consider supplementing with vitamin b12 or, or iron or, or calcium or whatever it is if you're not eating a lot of fish maybe it's time to consider a high quality omega-3 um fish oil or something like that um if you feel like right okay my diet quality um, could be a little bit better. I mean, it's a work in progress. I'm trying to progress to getting my diet quality a little bit better. Maybe you could supplement with it with a high quality multivitamin just as tact as an insurance policy. Um, and again, using things like protein powder, um, meal replacement shakes, if you find that that helps you adhere to your diet um, and tick a couple of the boxes that you need to tick mm -hmm. for, your, for your performance, your body composition goals. So, Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would definitely want to see people not just letting those gaps exist in their micronutrition, especially, you know. So, you know, if you aren't eating oily fish, please do get a, a high quality omega-3 supplement. Uh, I like Carlson's as a brand and I like Solgar as a brand, especially the triple strength one. Um, if someone wants to go and buy some right now because they're like, OK, I want to get my omega-3 sorted. Uh, that's what you can do. Um, and then, as you said, Dean, yeah, I, I, I very much agree is like, you know, if someone is, is trying to put their, put a better diet together, you know, and they're maybe suffering some of the effects of a poor quality diet that's been ongoing for, you know, months or years or whatever it may be, you know, it's, it would be, I think it'd be kind of like remiss of us to not be able to say, okay, look, while we're developing your nutrition, let's get you a high quality multivitamin so that you can start rectifying those maybe insufficiencies that you're experiencing right away, start to feel better. And then, 
you start, you start to engage more in the process again. It's like, all right, I'm actually feeling pretty good here. You know, you literally have more energy to go and do the things you need to do. Um, but then you also get that kind of positive feedback that's like, cool, this is, I'm feeling good now. Let's keep doing more of this. Um, so they're kind of like they are some of our philosophies on, on nutrition. As Dean said, some, some nutrients, you're just not going to get in kind of clinically effective quantities you know, from let's say sports performance point of view, like you'd have to eat quite a lot of like meat and beef to get enough creatine, right? So it's not going to be practical to do that. And then the Lever King supplements with creatine, or does he get it all from his head to toe? I I wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't, because the man eats a lot of meat. But uh, yeah uh you know those are those are all good good and valid reasons to um to consider supplementation and you know so it doesn't replace a poor diet but it's it's better than having a poor diet without that added support and while you're while you're working on getting nutrition better um and then in terms of like good quality multivitamins multiminerals uh, i quite like the nutri advanced um range of products uh they're good quality um and you know, it's, you know some multivitamins like the dosages and some stuff is kind of is kind of wild right it's kind of excessive so and you know you can, can control that to some extent by like you know not taking it every day potentially but yeah that's just again someone wants to go take action on that right now there's a good recommendation um next one on our list is yeah to this is the, the penultimate tip that we're going to cover but it's going to be to review and reflect on what you've been doing. So this is kind of maybe a meta habit because you're going to be looking at all, all the things that you're trying to achieve, you know, maybe all the habits that you're trying to do. And like, this is essentially what you do in your check-ins with us, like for your client, right? You know, you have your check-in form, you have to fill that out on a weekly basis. If not, you know, doing a little bit of it every day, which is what we'd recommend to people you're being forced to reflect and review upon what you're doing you know and you're doing it objectively and that allows you to take stock of how you're doing first of all you know so you have certain metrics that you want to want to track um and then you can you know adjust things you can course correct um if something's not going the way it should you can you know give some actual conscious thought to that rather than just carrying on and basically never getting to where you want to be um, so this is really, really important. Like you need to you need to sit down and be so kind of objective about the things you're trying to do based on the outcomes you're trying to achieve. You know, are those things lined up? And if they're not, why aren't they? And if they're not, is there something you can do about it? Like that, I, that kind of reflection is immensely valuable. Um, and it's just not something people do. And anytime someone finishes coaching with me, it's like my number one recommendation is like, don't stop yeah like you know being keeping yourself accountable in some shape or form right so you may you don't necessarily have to do a weekly check-in to the level of detail that we do with them but it would be incredibly valuable to just sit down once every week or every two weeks and say all right how am i actually doing here hopefully you have some data to, to go on and, and to actually be objective about it um but you know I, I i say this to everybody and i will tell you that a large percentage of the people that don't do this are the ones that need to come back and say okay i stopped doing essentially the things that i was supposed to be doing to carry on and 
and then and then they need coaching again basically which is you know obviously i'm happy to help them out but that's not the idea is that you know if someone wants to come back because they have a different goal or someone wants to come back just because they because they like the accountability um but they are really able to do the things that's fine you know that's one of the reasons we have you know uh, paddy as our coach um but ultimately i don't want it to all just fall apart because you don't have us coaching you actively all right so one of the best ways you can prevent that and one of the best ways you can actually achieve the outcomes you want to achieve is you know first of all obviously know what you're trying to achieve and then looking at these habits and then looking at your implementation of these habits right and being very objective about that and uh, otherwise you'll just kid yourself and cod yourself and you don't want that or can we say brown fish yourself is that does that fit there if cod yourself is a phrase is, do people say that up in monaghan dean no no uh, it's not a phrase <laughs> um i can bring it to the next uh modern county council board meeting and we can see if we can shoehorn it in but no not a phrase yeah, take, a take a vote take a vote <laughs> <laughs> anyway yes i do agree with uh, everything that you said there um yeah so so important um to be doing some level of reflection on right what am how am i actually getting on here uh with the things that i'm supposed to be doing and as you said it's a big predictor of continued success um for 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 people um and that's one of the reasons why uh i think we get we get results but, but not only just do we get results but we also people do continue to uh, maintain and, and progress by themselves after they're done coaching with us so last one um before we leave you um and that is to eat slowly and stop when you're about 70 to 80 percent full most of the time um so we talk at length and often about mindful eating um and i think it is especially when combined with you know all of these other habits and all of the other good nutrition practices one of the most impactful things that you can do um for managing your calorie intake managing your portion sizes getting better enjoyment from your food improving your digestion um and improving your relationship with food so this is the kind of we're in a everyone is, is very much in a habit and whether this is a consequence of you know society and social media and everyone living a fast-paced life and all the rest of it but we're all very much in a habit of eating quickly um and basically not paying full attention to our food and this is often why we don't kind of get the full satisfaction from food. This is why we have bloating, digestive issues from some of the foods that we eat. Um, and this is why we, we sometimes feel um, like we're eating too much. Um, and I think this is just one of those habits that, you know, even if you just start with one meal every day or, you know, even three times for the next week where you say, right, I'm going to sit down and eat my lunch away from my computer, away from a screen. I'm going to try and take, you know, if it takes me four minutes to eat my lunch on average, I'm going to try and take eight minutes or 10 minutes or whatever it is. And really slow on everything way down. And what you'll often find is, you know, as I say, you get better satisfaction from your meals, but, you know, by slowing it down, you'll, you'll, you'll just often find that, right, 
say for example you normally have like a sandwich and a bit of soup or something like that for your lunch but usually then you go for a bar of chocolate afterwards and then that's kind of maybe that bar of chocolate is the thing that you would feel like right that's contributing to, to my nutritional intake in a way that I don't want oftentimes what you might find is you have if you eat the soup and the sandwich nice and slowly and stop when you're about 70 to 80 full maybe that means leaving a little bit of soup in the bowl or whatever it is you'll find through this like intentional look at how you're actually eating this food and and intentionally bringing focus to your to your fullness signals that you don't want the chocolate afterwards because you're you're totally satisfied with what you had um whereas if you're the type of person that's just like you know just on the go all the time no attention paid to food whatsoever just fire the sandwich in just drink the soup as quickly as possible um you don't get those effects as much um and I think it's it's one of those things like it costs nothing, <laughs> it costs absolutely nothing to do this. Mm-hmm. Like all of the other stuff, a lot of the other stuff that we mentioned here um, today, like, you know, it actually does require you to, to make an intentional choice and maybe, you know, change what you're doing um, when you're doing your shopping and stuff like that. Or if it's supplementation, it's going to, you know, it's going to cost money. This is a thing that like literally, if you're listening to this now, whatever time it is, do it at your next meal. Do what I just said. Um, slow your eating way down if you're eat, if you're eating too fast, and maybe combine it with the previous note. Do a little bit of reflection and do a little bit of a, a writing on like how you get on with the experience and, and, and your thoughts and and um, how you felt about it, and and see if it's something that you could continuously implement into your routine. Um, because it's pretty impactful, I think. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. It's one of those things that we. Uh preach about a lot and as dean said it's free to do it's not going to cost you anything it's also something you can do anytime anywhere which is also very valuable you know because it doesn't require micromanagement of your nutrition you know you you essentially could go and sit down to a meal and just intend to eat it that way and pay no attention to what the meal is composed of but you're still, going to be, you're still going to be better off. Um, so people find this extremely useful, especially when they are, say, eating out, you know, in a restaurant or something, or they're on holidays and they're eating out there. Um, it just really gives them something that they can be confident in that's going to help them, you know, do okay with their nutrition. Um, even if, you know, the, the actual monitoring of it is, is, you know, not as practical in that given situation. Um, and then, you know, if you combine this point 10 with points one and two, you know, i.e. your, you know, your food selection is, is improved because you're eating more protein and, and more plants, um, you'll get a long way with, with nutrition for health, body composition and performance. Um, I suppose we could, we could make a little, uh, exception here in terms of like, if someone's really gunning for performance, then you know, maybe they eat closer to fullness than 70, 80%. And, you know, if they don't have like body composition goals, if they're not, they don't have considerations for fat loss, or maybe they, you know, they're just trying to perform as well as possible, maybe trying to, you know, build as much muscle strength as possible, whatever it is, uh, where they're an athlete of some sort, you know, maybe you don't do that. Um, I mean, you can still apply it and then just, you just eat till you're a little bit fuller just to make sure you're, getting enough calories in but um 
you know, for, for most people, this is going to be a pretty, pretty useful uh, habit to have. Um, and like I said, like things that's free. Uh, and like I said, you can use it anywhere, anytime, and delivers a lot of uh, yield and a good return on your investment. For sure, for sure. Right, guys, so that has been the 10 habits. It's not an exclusive list of 10 habits, but I think it was, I think it's the, 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 they're the 10 that we can think of that are most impactful um, that we kind of see in practice often. Um, as I say, if you have enjoyed the podcast, um, please share it around. It's the best way to help us. If you have any suggestions on, on podcast topics that you'd like us to cover, please let us know. We, we, we do like to hear suggestions. Um, if you're interested in coaching with us, uh, I will leave the links for everything in the description. Um, we do, of course, have coaching spaces available. And we help people with fat loss, muscle gain, goals. We help people develop better eating habits, as I'm sure you, you gathered. We help people that, are, got, that have got performance goals, athletes. We help people with digestive issues, with hormonal issues like PCOS, PMS. Um, and we help people develop better relationship with better relationships with food so if any of that sounds good and you would like to get some professional expert help from either myself or brian or one of our fantastic coaching team um please do get in touch we would love to have a conversation with you um but yeah unless you have anything else to add brian we'll we'll sign out on that yeah not much else to add just to echo what you said there you know if if you basically want help implementing these 10 habits. Uh, you want someone to get the structure in place for you and do the planning for you and provide that accountability and support, you know, to make sure that you're doing it right and doing it, doing what you need to do. Um, if you feel like, you know, you've tried this stuff in the past and, you know, it hasn't really worked out for you, um, you know, maybe you'd benefit from getting that extra professional guidance, um, so you don't feel like you're spinning your wheels and just not really getting anywhere despite putting effort into it. So, you know, yeah, a lot of this stuff can be done on your own. Like this is one of the main reasons we do these podcasts um, and this kind of free content so that people can help themselves. Um, but it certainly is a fast track to getting to where you want to be is to have someone there who knows how to navigate the the journey and uh, we'll help you do it and, and keep you on the path and make sure you get there and give you the skills to actually stay on the path. Like, you know, long after the coaching process is finished. Yeah, for sure. Awesome guys. Well, thank you again for tuning in and we'll catch you guys in the next one.